p.m. and it's our wrap of the top business stories on this uh, Tuesday and uh, joining me to take a look at some of these stories is uh, Bright Kumalo uh, who is a portfolio manager at uh, Vestact Asset Management. Bulaz, compliments of the new year my brother and uh, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Have you started with the savings for this year? <laughs> Yes, you know, the goal this year is to save about 67,000 rand. So as you can hear me right now, I'm not eating. I'm trying to fast for the night. Stay late. Maybe eat tomorrow morning. Hey, but for no more food deliveries, huh? Yeah. Eh? Exactly. No, it's it's app. Expensive. I've, I've deleted the app right now. Okay. So All right. Hopefully, I get to save more. Awesome stuff, my brother. I want us to start off here with what's happening at Old Mutual. And uh, I guess uh, the year already starting off with some legal fireworks here. Uh, they've won their appeal um, against, I guess, uh, an order to reinstate uh, uh, the ex CEO. I don't know if I should call, it, call him that because uh, this yeah. particular matter is far from over. But what do you make of this one? Yeah, I mean, if we if we rewind back, remember, um, uh, Peter Moy won the case uh, to be reinstated as the CEO and get his job back, you know, and get his a nice corner office back uh, at the company uh, under Judge Machine, obviously. Mm. But uh, what what Old Mutual did was a very smart move to recuse the judge uh, you know, when they were appealing for um, uh, this case. They basically asked for Judge Machine to be. Uh, you know, recused, and then they had a full bench of judges sitting in on this one uh, today, and obviously the outcome was in their favor of all mutual. But obviously, uh, on the other hand, you've got uh, Peter Moyer's team, uh, the legal team, saying that the, the case was unwinnable at that time because mm. the judges said what he said, and then the judgment is that, and, they, and old mutual, they're pushing old mutual basically to, to honor the judgment, and obviously it wasn't going to be that easy because, you know, most of these cases, it's a matter of who's got the most staying power. And you know what you need for staying power? In your uh, it's, it's, In your exactly. Money. <laughs> lots, of, lots of it. And time. And time. And a company, unfortunately, most of them, especially if you have a lot of money, like mm. Old you've got a, a long lifespan. So they've got longer time time span than Moyo. And yeah, uh, yeah. this one is actually pretty shorter than I expected. It's only, it's only been nine months. Well, look, I mean, I guess this particular one is far from over. Uh, just judging from what we've heard from uh, uh, Peter Moyer's legal team and, uh, you know, some of the people around him. Uh, but uh, it's certainly a developing story here, Mbulaz, and we'll have to watch it quite closely. No, no, we'll be watching with keen interest, like I said, but sometimes I, I, parts of me feel like we've given this David and Goliath, uh, as, as so people claim, um, mm. uh, too much time, too much. Air but time. I mean, your I your viewpoint, your viewpoint, exactly. Bulaz has always been that this guy must take his check and exit stage left. You know, that's always that's, been your it's, view. It's, yeah. it's, it's always been my view. I mean, how many people do you know will ever come across that amount of money in their lifetime? I mean, accumulated earnings. Talking about the first time they start making any form of money until they die. So mm. I would never take it and move on. I mean. Time value of money also is, in, is on his hands, yeah. you know. So if he takes the money today and does something else with it, it's, it's worth more than when he's trying to fight mm. and push it away, you know. Mbulaz, I mean, reputationally, you know... I wonder who is his agent. You know, giving him yeah. proper advice. There's the other issue, right? Uh, but reputationally, Mbulaz, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, um, does Peter Moyo, I guess, you know, continue in this particular battle with Old Mutual with his reputation intact? Because, you know, we do know that uh, I guess there might be this moniker following him around that, you know, it's a difficult executive to work with. Also left Alexander Forbes under a cloud. And uh, it seems that, 
even this particular matter might have uh, some casualties of its own. Do you think it's going to be Peter? Uh, look, 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 let me tell you, I've never actually met um, uh, any employees that were quite keen about their the, the boss. You mm. know? Um, I've never heard of a good boss. I mean, the ones I've heard of, very few, very few and far between. Um, and my, my one is one of them. Obviously, I'll say that on radio. <laughs> but um, so going back to the Peter Moore story, uh, he, I mean, as, as, as a leader, you have to be tough at some point. Um, I, I'm not on his side. All I'm saying is, uh, you, you gotta take that with a you know a dash of um, assault mm. there, just, just just for our own sanity. But yes, I mean, if the guy is hard to work for, so what? So yeah, I mean, no, no, I mean, you know, like so what? Really, um, okay. Bulaz. Let's take a look now at uh, a gentleman, of course, who's making his foray into a uh, fashion retailer and, uh, you know, a food retailer, Woolworths. Roy Bagatini, born in Johannesburg and uh, had some stints at SAB Miller and also more recently at Levi Strauss & Company. Uh, what do you make of his appointment uh, after what many people would say is the disastrous uh, tenure of one Ian Moyer, uh, who will certainly always be remembered for that David Jones saga? Yeah, so it, it really, it really is an interesting one. That one, um, I mean, it doesn't really matter what I think. Let's look at what the market thinks of this appointment. Uh, the share price is up seven point eight percent. Notwithstanding the fact, in the next two days, we're going to come up with a, a trading update coming out from Woolies, which is probably not going to be good. Uh, we know that Australia is not doing well. Um, you know, uh, DJ down there, the the, the, the acquisition that was. Basically, the, the kiss of death for uh, Woolies um, is still not doing well. And unfortunately, it took too long for the board to actually act with determination, like I've said from the first time when you asked me about the issue. that mm. when, when these kind of issues happen, actually, you cut the sense while it's still small and you move on. Um, I know Warren Buffett always makes the joke that, you know, uh, you must always buy... A company, a company that is so good that even an idiot could run it. But here, I bet a banana wouldn't have bought DJ in Australia. Hmm. And, I mean, talk to us about, I guess, strategically what, what this is going to look like. Because we've seen in successive set of uh, numbers that they've put out, uh, a slowing and some, I guess, progressive weakness here in their fashion uh, uh, showing here. And I remember at some point in time, they felt that they'd gone too much towards, I guess, you know, the, the kind of skrr fashion. Uh, and uh, in so doing, they'd <laughs> lost. Yeah, yeah, in so doing, I mean, they'd lost. They'd lost the the foothold that they had in their traditional, more middle uh, market. Uh, uh, do you think with with this kind of expertise coming as he does uh, from uh, Levi Strauss and Company, where you know he's deployed omni channels, he's been able to uh, uh, really sort of embed e-commerce in the business model of Levi Strauss, that you know this is a good pick for for Woolworths. Yes, I mean, Levi's actually got a very rich uh, history and well-documented one, especially when they were a private company. Not many private companies are actually well-documented like Mm. that. And he's done an exceptional job, uh, basically, in in growing that business as slow as uh, it might have grown, which is is still good for a private company. And actually, finally, uh, raising capital and being able to go to public markets and do what he's, uh, you know, has done in the company to get those kind of achievements, uh, under those circumstances, you know, he's a very interesting guy. Like you said, his career doesn't only start here at Levi's, at Levi's Strauss. He's got a very colorful career. He's been at SAB Miller. Um, he's not afraid to travel the world, and he does, you know, these deals that he, he wants to do. And he's, he's, he's a conservative manager, and that's the kind of management uh, we needed from the get-go from 2010, actually, mm. and coming out of the financial crisis. 
uh, not one that's going to, um, you know, buy an asset at, at any cost without, you know, um, you know, being cognizant of the fact that you still need to make your return on investment yeah. when you do such things. Bulaz, I want us to pause then, Bulaz. Let's pause there for a second and take a quick spot break. And we'll come back, no, uh, no I guess, problem. to that particular story of uh, uh, shopping expedition gone bad. It's six minutes before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories uh, this evening. And joining me to uh, do this is uh, Portfolio Manager at Vestact Asset Management. And that is uh, Bright Kumar. And Ambulaz, before we went to the break, you were, you were reflecting, I guess, on uh, Woolworths uh, shopping spree in Australia. And uh, I guess, you know, in many ways, some people might suggest that that's, you know, typical of what we've seen from South African corporates in the last decade or so and uh, many ill-fated shopping expeditions uh, that have certainly happened at the expense of shareholder value. Yes, I mean, this one was was actually very, very colorful, if you remember back in, I think it was 2014, 2015, somewhere there, um, because there was actually a, a, a small shareholder which, if I'm not mistaken, held about 2% or 3% of the business at the time and he was, Basically, the guy who was saying he's blocking this, uh, the share price in Michigan just a bit higher in terms of the offer that they were offering David Jones uh, for him to actually be happy with the price at the time. And he just he sat there on his hands and, and did absolutely nothing. Whereas they are actually, well, he was doing what they call a prison pool block or whatever. They, they, there's a lot of these words in finance to describe these kind of things. But... um. There is a way to deal with that kind of um, investor, especially mm. if the majority of investors of the company that you are acquiring actually agree with the price at that time. But in the case of Willis, yes, they did agree just this one guy, but they couldn't get it through. And as a result, they ended up overpaying yeah. by a lot to meet this one small Anyana non-controlling interest shareholder at the time, which now has proven to be quite a big hurdle for Willis to actually get their return on investment mm. in Australia, where, you know, you look at, um, I guess, um, clothing, what do you call it? department clothing, going backwards because Amazon is, is, you know, is picking up there. And instead of actually fixing the problem and saying and agreeing that, okay, we've done these write-downs and it, it, it hasn't gone the way we planned mm. and the economy is not, you know, flourishing as we had thought it would have. So all the things are going against us. We'll, we'll double. We'll, 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 you know, we'll cut the cancer from here. We'll just, you know, play it by the ear and see what happens in terms of profitability and revenues going forward. Yeah. No, they take even more money and invest in the six-story thing uh, in one of the most expensive streets in Australia. Uh, basically, you know, to refurbish and build this building for their own ego, which is absolutely ludicrous. Mm. How did this pass the board? I don't think Ian Moy is, is on his own here in terms of. You know, being uh, deserving to be in a naughty but board. people are sitting. Yeah, people are sitting in board meetings, paging through the packs, collecting their bag, and volume young I've always said boards are very clubby. Um, mm. This is a perfect example here. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, talking about acquisitions, Yambulaz, it seems Vodacom is uh, setting its eyes on Cell C here. What's happening there? I'm not sure if they're looking for their own kiss of death or what, but uh, by looking at the, the actual um, announcement, uh, they're not really taking on the 9 billion rand debt, mm. uh, which is, uh, well, I guess the 9 billion rand debt, they can't really take that over because that's, uh, the guys that have the most exposure to that debt is uh, pre-label telecoms. But these guys seem like they want the, 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 the subscribers 
um, the South African Club of South Sea, um, and and you know try to mangle or some form of deal there uh, in order to. But that, for for me, that still doesn't doesn't make sense because South Sea roams on MTM. Mm. And if Vodacom is now involved, it doesn't make any sense. And also, if you remember back in the days, there was a, a deal with iBurst that didn't go through. Yes, because yes. the regulator figured out that uh, one of these companies, one of these big companies, uh, one of these big uh, telecom companies is going to have a lot of spectrum. And for competition, that's not good, right? Because they could control prices the way they like. Mm. So a company like, you know, Celsi, I don't think it will go through because it's actually much bigger than iBurst because I guess it was a small player back then. Um, I, I wonder how this is going to go through the regulators, but uh, if I had to speculate on yeah. it, it's a non-event. I don't know, Mbulaz. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite fatigued by all of the stories hovering around <laughs> Cell C, right through from yeah, you know, it was that guy Telcom, Jeremy Bears, right through to Telcom, you know, the yeah, MTN yeah. roaming agreement, and now it seems Vodacom. Next thing, Bazoti, you know, Pride Kuma Alunaye is, you know, eyeing Celsius. So I think, <laughs> I think on my end, let me take this one with a pinch of salt, but before I let you go, Mbulaz, BlackRock, BlackRock. Uh, it seems here yeah, one of the world's largest fund managers. Uh, they have decided to end all of their investments that have some sizable amount of climate risk, and it makes me wonder uh, if uh, indeed many others in the investment or fund management community follow suit. What would this mean for the pool of investable capital that uh, the likes of ESCOM can draw from? So, if if we put things into perspective, uh, BlackRock manages around seven trillion US dollars in assets. Um, in, in investment assets. So, seven trillion US dollars. I don't know what's the net worth of Greta, but Greta is winning so far because I mean everyone is, is looking at you know um, you know talking about green investments being the first thing in their heads when they make investments, uh, especially since you know the CEO Larry Fink is never really talked about you know going green and and, and looking at it as part of the investment thesis. But obviously now it does matter and. The world and and obviously all the people that are railing behind Peter Thunberg, um, they're doing a very great job in making these big corporates who manage especially this kind of money to you know uh, not look at you know fossil fuels like coal in Australia, South Africa, and the rest of Africa, and maybe in Brazil where you get these coal assets to not fund these companies because. Uh, they're not good for the environment, but I mean, coal is just one problem. There's, there's bigger problems out there that you know, cause causes uh, much damage to our environment. And uh, to have a big player like um, BlackRock coming into the table and saying, "Hey, look, guys, we're going to take this seriously," it sets a precedent for every asset manager out there to say, "Hey, look, get on, get on the bandwagon, or you're going to lose clients to BlackRock." And we know that. BlackRock was famously for, you know, um, the ETFs, the very super cheap ETFs, um, them and Vanguard. So if it kills you on price, and now they want to kill you on good investing, what's left to invest on the other investors, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no uh, good reason why, as an investor myself, I'll go invest with someone who doesn't have a conscience. Pulaz, I see Sheila above. Thank you so much, my Thank brother. Thank you very much. That there was a bright Kumalo portfolio man- manager at Vestact for our business rep. My dream is to become a marketing manager. My dream is to become a business analyst. My dream is to become an IT specialist. Whatever your dream looks like, it could be a lot clearer a lot sooner. 
Enroll today for your BCom degree with Mancosa, a leading private higher education institution with 12 learning centers across Southern Africa. Dream it. We'll take you there. Mancosa, a proud member of Honoris United Universities. Visit mancosa.co.za today. Dear Genoar, when am I top of the range stress multiplier? My shunisa smile keeper, my empty fridge the longest month of the year.